the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I am your host, Shalom Klein. And remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomklein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. So I've been super excited for this conversation. Long time coming. I know uh, listeners of uh, AM560 are... Uh, are certainly aware of the uh, the awesome commercials from Natron. Um, but I am here with the mother of probiotics, the one and only Natasha Trinov. Uh, Natasha, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, this is my favorite topic to talk about because I've dedicated my life and, and all my resources to make sure that people understand this concept and how important it is to their health. Absolutely. I know you have. So again, we're chatting with the founder and president of Natron um, and uh, Natasha. Um, I like to get to know the person behind the microphone before we actually talk about the, uh, the, uh, the power and the, uh, of, of, of healthy Trinity. Um, so Natasha, tell us uh, your, your story and, and how you ended up sort of uh, in this world of both business as well as uh, helping people's lives. Well, very shortly, um, my father and mother had to flee the former Yugoslavia in the mid-1950s because uh, my father was the former uh, supplier to the king's court of Yugoslavia for specialty foods, especially fermented milk and cheeses, which my uh, father's family was very well known for. Uh, they were the largest exporter of uh, cheese and yogurt from Macedonia into Western Europe, uh, before World War I and before uh, World War II. Uh, so uh, that f- family background uh, followed my father. And uh, I was eight years old when I came to this country. I'm a naturalized citizen. English is my third language and my primary language now. And uh, we came here with a dream. And we were the first family to introduce uh, natural Bulgarian-style fermented yogurt, we set standards for yogurt in the state of California. I helped us set standards uh, for kefir in the state of New York. Uh, we introduced the right fermented products along with the liquid acidophilus that had the proper organism uh, that was used to ferment that product. And uh, from that uh, starting humble point, I looked at the science and realized this is so much more important Uh, than just consuming a a wonderful fermented food of high quality. I looked into the science and consequently became the exclusive licensee 
of the University of Nebraska with their findings in specialty uh, probiotic organisms that were used to affect uh, individuals' health in many facets. And from that starting point, I developed the first uh, probiotic product that I introduced to North America uh, to professionals under the Superdophilus label and to uh, the retail business in the health food industry under the Megadophilus label. And that concept of that specialty uh, super strain of a probiotic uh, took me to develop more products and choose organisms uh, that impact people's health uh, on many levels. The digestive tract is responsible for every aspect of your health. It's responsible for your immune health. It's responsible for your mental health. It's responsible for your physical health and all your organ health. But you have to know which bacteria to choose, how to ferment them, how to deliver that product in this way that the body can best utilize it and that the bacteria choose to grow in your intestinal tract and do some good because uh, they're not stupid. They're the smartest entity on this planet. And if we meet their criteria for thriving, they will make sure that they thrive in our GI tract. Uh, incredible, in- incredible, and I know that the uh, the nature and mission statement is uh, longer than we can go through, but uh, it includes to educate, to research, to cultivate, to manufacture, to deliver, to remain the probiotics pioneering leader, and to always support our customers. Um, but I'll add to that: I know that you're also all about supporting uh, a number of uh, uh, charities as well, which is just uh, fantastic. Again, I'm chatting with the mother of probiotics herself, uh, the one and only Natasha Trainov um, from uh, Nature and pro probiotics and um, what a fascinating story natasha um of how you and your family uh certainly have discovered the uh just the incredible uh sort of uh miracle of uh of of probiotics and and how it can help our bodies and i want to i want to get a little bit deeper into that because i know on your website um natron.com which we'll share several times with our listeners over the next few minutes you talk about um the uh the probiotics that are able to be offered to women men children but also pets as well so there is a there 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 is the right solution for everybody uh, that that's incredible tell us about your team yeah well listen first of all we are a hybrid of microorganisms whether we are people or animals and uh, mammalian cells and there's a very strict guidelines about this unity uh, to help we um populate the body with brand new cells that are functional. You know, your body is a protein-making machine. And these specific strains of these probiotics that I have introduced, they have to be grown specially. They have to make, we have to make sure that the fermentation end products are with the microorganism so that it can impact the body and where it likes to live, whether it's the small intestine, the large intestine, because this uh, um, shall I say, relationship is very important to produce new uh, cellular structure of the body. And this is what keeps it healthy. In other words, to digest the food, to absorb the nutrients, to make sure no toxins are absorbed, and to eliminate the waste in a very, uh, how shall I say, uh, structured fashion so that the body is being nourished and not poisoned by the food. So just imagine uh, the whole you, like Shalom and Natasha, is reproduced uh, every year 
because that's how the body works. It's uh, every cell is reproduced on a year, yearly basis, and that's what contributes to either premature aging, disease, or you know, a healthy and young-looking body and face uh, for the duration of your life. That's uh, that's that's powerful, and and that's why everybody definitely should be going to naturen dot com n a t r e n dot com. Um, but uh, Natasha, in our few minutes remaining, um, I want to I want to uh, emphasize again to our to our listeners and talk a little bit about um, as. Uh, as entrepreneurs, as many of our uh, as many of our audience uh, are, uh, you need to be the best version of yourself at all times. Your employees are relying on you. Your customers are relying on you. Your family uh, is relying on you as well. So, Natasha, if there's one takeaway that our listeners should walk away from this interview as they move into the business week ahead and just in the remaining weeks of the calendar year of 2021, what's that homework assignment? What's the one thing that they should be working on for themselves, but also that one product perhaps that you want them to check out on your website to learn more? Because I know that educate is a part of your mission statement. Right. Well, first of all, you have to determine what your business is. Our business is really the high-end biotechnology because we're delivering a product that's essential for good health and a good life. And make sure that, number one, you make the best product that delivers results to your customers each and every time, and that you also, along with that, provide the best service. Because people, especially when the products are complex, need excellent service and not just marketing positions where you do endless line extensions and you just try to make it look sexy every year because you're putting something up new. Uh, actually, our products are still unique, and there's nothing new that I can introduce because our products are still different than everything else on the market. And the reason we have so many loyal customers is because they get results when they take the products. That's uh, that's exactly what it's all about. There's results, and again, that's what you'll be doing. Um, it's a favor to your customers, to your employees, to your family when you're able to be, the, again, the best version of yourself. And that's great business advice, too, from, again, the mother of probiotics, the founder and president of Natrin Probiotics. Um, Natasha, we're uh, just about a minute away from the end of our segment together, and I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you and your team and learn all about the best-selling um, products uh, that are available from Natrin probiotics can you share that website sure it's natrin.com spells n-a-t-r-e-n.com and we have great resources on that website or we still have uh, live people that have been with the company for 15 20 years that like to help you and you can call 866 the number four and then the word natrin n-a-t-r-e-n and they can help you customize your uh, dietary supplement program with Nutrient Probiotics. And we also give away a free diet, a free exercise program, so we can complete your health. And it's very easy to follow and very easy to implement. That's fantastic. Again, Natasha Trinov, thank you so much for joining us on the air. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Natasha Trinov, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be right back. So don't touch that dial. Thank you. Hey, welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with entrepreneurs making a difference. 
And I am so excited to be joined by Igor Fedenkoff, uh, co-founder of Bribe Inc. Igor is a serial entrepreneur with a decade-long history of creating successful startups in the healthcare and hospitality verticals, improving brand image and revenue 10 times. And I know, Igor, you are an MBA, a business instructor and trainer, a marketing specialist, public speaker, and an investor. Oh my gosh, and that's all within the first few <laughs> seconds. Igor Fedenkoff, welcome to Get Down to Business. Thank you, Shalom. It's good to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. So, Igor, um, love to get to know the person behind the microphone. Um, tell us the, uh, the the dirty details of running a startup and how you got to this point. Uh, that's uh, that's a fun story. We probably won't have enough time. So, bullet points. Um, exchange student from Russia, believe it or not, many moons ago. Um, very quickly realized after receiving a couple of my degrees here in the States that I started developing a problem with authority and working for a project team was no longer something that I enjoyed. So I ended up with enterprises, got a little piece of .com back in the day, um, and then started uh, into finance endeavors. And after receiving my MBA, had my own financial practice. Uh, then 2007 happened. You remember how hard it hit everybody. Uh, my clients were quite okay, but I almost ended up in the hospital. So. That was a little pivoting point for me at that time. I was about to get married and uh, have my first child. So did a big pivot from financial industry into hospitality industry. Um, worked with a few vineyards and opened a couple of tasting rooms. Became a sommelier. Then after that, uh, opened my own club in Los Angeles, second restaurant. Uh, that kind of brought us back to the beginning of COVID. Everything stopped. Uh, I was able to sell both places. And when everything closed down, I uh, started looking at different opportunities. At that time, a friend of mine reached out and asked if I knew anybody in marketing. My answer was, hey, besides me climbing the wall. Um, and at that time, started working on a huge marketing project involving influencers. Uh, very quickly, a pet project grew into a marketing platform grew into a separate company, and that brings us up to date. <laughs> wow, what a story, what a journey. Um, and that will be the theme of uh, the rest of the show here and get down to business for sure. But um, Igor, I know, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, you are uh, certainly a serial entrepreneur. Um, and uh, one of your latest ventures is Bribe. So uh, Bribe, by the way, spelled B-R-Y-B-E, uh, Bribe Inc. Um, tell, us, uh, tell us what Bribe is and, uh, and what you and your team are doing. Well, it started a couple of years ago, like I said, as a pet project. Uh, we were working on a different endeavor uh, in tech and virtual reality, trying to build a few different influencer campaigns locally and nationwide. Um, that brought us to using multiple platforms that were available at the time. And quickly, we realized that uh, a lot of them were really, really complex and awesomely made search engines, but not places where you could actually reach out to influencers. So ended up using our own warm networks uh, from my clubbing days, but then um, decided, hey, why not build something that's going to be like a true market, like, you know, a bazaar where people can just go and select whatever they want, speak to whoever they want. Um, that very quickly started developing into the bribe online marketplace for influencers. Uh, we enjoyed some really good organic growth, but then as the whole world went gaga with the pandemic, everything went remote, consumption and creation. Um, 
I think one of the best decisions that we ever made so far was adding the freelancers to the platform. So uh, we switched from just being an influencer platform into an online marketplace for digital creators. Um, in plans is adding the last and probably the biggest cohort of digital creators that would be online coaches. And the ultimate goal is to have a marketplace that can satisfy most of the digital creator needs all in one spot. That's uh, that's fantastic. Again, I'm chatting with Igor Fedenkoff, the uh, the co-founder of uh, Bribe Inc., spelled B-R-Y-B-E, serial entrepreneur. And um, Igor, we've uh, you've mentioned a term uh, several times in our couple of minutes together: um, influencer marketing. So that's a term that our listeners are becoming increasingly familiar. I just have to ask: Is influencer marketing really all that it's hyped up to be? Honestly, yes and no. I think- um, and it's tracks of being a mysterious something that deals with the Kardashians and large companies. And it's becoming a little bit of a, of a household name, if you will. Um, recently, large corporations like Facebook through Instagram are entering the space. So in my opinion, that actually validates the existence of the concept. Realistically, um, one of the biggest challenges for me was to explain it to my mother what I do. And I think a lot of listeners would appreciate the fact that influencers have been around forever. We all remember, you know, Mike Jordan and everybody else running, being ambassadors of different brands. But what's happening right now is a lot of times uh, your friend or your friend's wife who knows a lot about, you know, kids' products, you're going to ask her what diapers you should get, et cetera, et cetera. These are the opinion leaders that exist online that run blogs that run shows whose opinion matters and is being listened to by very wide audience and they can enjoy an opportunity to actually monetize on brand collaborations while they truly believe let's say in a brand or an experience or in a service and they would be the witness to its success over their channels by that making sure that their followers are familiar with what they're interested in and potentially buying into the concept or the service or the product. So influencing is a household concept. And I think right now um, what lacks and what we're trying to solve is a lot of smaller influencers, smaller online personalities and smaller businesses do not realize that this is a hugely amazing tool available to them um, at a fraction of a price. I mean, they don't need to run a TV commercial. They can work with a local influencer and get as much conversions that they probably will have to run in a Super Bowl commercial, you know? <laughs> that's that's very, very true. Um, what an interesting uh, background and what an interesting, uh, again, front row uh, seat that we are having uh, in our conversation with Igor Fedenkov um, from Bribe and talking about uh, influencer marketing and, and so on. And uh, and in a moment, we'll, uh, we'll share uh, your website with our listeners. And I know they've got a lot of valuable information there. But Igor, the other, uh, the other part of, aside for being a subject matter expert in some of these areas, um, and certainly, by the way, also in raising capital, is you are, you are a... Uh, 
you're a business owner. You run a team. And um, you've done all this, as you said, in your background, um, all while sort of leading into this world of COVID. Um, so right now, you've got people that are, that are remote. And I know you're advising people that are remote. So what are your pointers just from business owner to, uh, to our listeners of entrepreneurs and business owners? What are your pointers for running successful remote organization and how to be successful in these crazy times that we live in? I was incredibly scared when everything went remote. And two things I can I can tell anybody who is listening to this: a, don't be afraid to have remote staff, and b, no matter how much you micromanage your business, you cannot micromanage remote staff. You need to develop a certain amount of trust into your team. Um, and if you show that trust, your team will be confident, will collaborate, and will do what they're asked to do. The most incredibly cool thing about working remote is that you're no longer tied to nine to five. And that can sound scary, but at the same time, you're dealing with life, dogs, children, distractions, and everything else. And somehow, believe it or not, your working day is becoming not really nine to five, but more like six to nine p.m., but in that period of time, your productivity is actually hugely improved just because of that. The average productivity of in-office worker is 20%. Believe it or not. That's, the average uh, productivity that's, that's a fascinating statistic. That's a fascinating statistic in uh, remote workforce. And um, in, I, my takeaway from our conversation, Igor, is um, that, uh, you know, certainly with risk comes opportunity. And I know you've taken a lot of risk in your in your career, but also take advantage. And as you just said a moment ago, don't be scared by change. Uh, change is inevitable. So Igor Fedenkov, you've shared a lot. And I want our listeners to be able to get a hold of you and your company. Uh, how can people uh, get in touch? Um, absolutely use LinkedIn. I'm a huge LinkedIn evangelist, uh, Igor Fedenkov. The, the description of this podcast has my name on it. Uh, Bribe.com is our website, B-R-Y-B-E.com. Uh, you'll find a lot of very interesting stuff there from blog to actual opportunities of hiring somebody. So, thanks. Hey. Uh, Igor, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. We've got to squeeze in a quick break. Headlines, commercials. I'll be back. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return uh, on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Thank you, Sean. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You can go to my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. Again, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And be sure to check out our sponsor, Tom Mirabali from healthplanchicago.com for all of your health insurance and Affordable Care Act needs. Um, but speaking of needs, um, there is something that I think is not an option. It is a must in 2021. And that is LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn can be a great channel to build your personal brand and even establish yourself as an influential thought leader within your niche. But if you want to maximize the benefits of the platform, you need to understand how it works, what generates best response, and how you could utilize its various tools to optimal effect. Over our next five minutes, I want to go over 10 things that you can do to become more influential on LinkedIn, including how much you should be posting, when to post, what to post, and how to take advantage of some of LinkedIn's very, very cool features, such as LinkedIn Live, discovering hashtags by popularity and post analytics. So uh, let's get into it. And as always, I, I love to know what 
what you think of these tips, advice, and information, which I'll also be sharing on my website, shalomkline.com. So make sure you get in touch with me. I love to hear from our listeners. So um, you need to post regularly, but not too much. Maintaining a consistent posting process is important on LinkedIn, but posting too much can actually hurt your brand. I've seen that there's influencers who post more than 50 times a month on LinkedIn, and they see an average of 26 engagements per post, while those that are posting between 30 and 50 times a month see an average of 56 engagements. And those who post less than 30 times see even more engagement on average. So less is more. So based on this, I'd recommend posting at least two to three times a week. You've got what to say as a business owner for sure. What you post is significant, but also when you post is significant too. Try to post in the mornings, perhaps on your way into work. Then you could revisit those posts later in the day or evening to reply to any comments that you've had and boost your engagement. And avoid using lots of automation. Automation can be a great time saver, but can actually be very damaging to your visibility. It's easy, for example, to set up a rule saying, if there's a blog mentioning X keywords posted on my LinkedIn feed. But when you use this to extreme with some people posting hundreds of times per month, you're just going to get no engagement. So again, don't automate your posts too much. Don't schedule your posts too much in advance because you don't know what's actually going to be going on in the universe at that time, you want to make sure that you're actually being engaging and responsive to your audience that you've worked so hard to build. Research shows that articles with images get 94% more total views. It's not just including images, though. You can also add videos, slides, or podcast posts, or even documents which LinkedIn added back in 2019. Documents can actually be turned into carousel posts on LinkedIn. If you upload a series of visuals as a document, LinkedIn will display that as a carousel, which users can can sideswipe through. And don't just share your own content. The 411 rule was, uh, was coined a while back. And while it was originally created with Twitter in mind, it could also be applied to LinkedIn. The rule is that for every one self-serving post, you should repost one relevant post. And most importantly, share four pieces of of relevant content written by others. By following this rule, you're not just sharing your own content, but you're also providing helpful insights to your audience written by others. This can be industry thought leader content, news and trends. At the same time, it's also important to add your opinion. Many people just like or share posts that that they've read, or sometimes even without reading them. Can you believe that? You can set yourself apart by adding your own opinions, questions, or other commentary within the comments. Don't be salesy. Although you're obviously Obviously, looking to market yourself and your business, it's best to avoid being too pushy on this within your LinkedIn posts. For example, try not to post directly about your product, as it can feel like an advert and turn people away. It's better to engage in thought leadership style conversations. If people like what you're saying, they'll go and they'll check out your website and product offering. At this stage, it's more about building relationships and making new contacts. And uh, I do want to mention about something that I do pretty frequently, which is LinkedIn Live. You can go live. And this could be anything from a monologue to to the camera or a webinar with guests or live streaming from an event. Some 79% of marketers say that live
Prime Video leads to more authentic audience interactions, while 82% of audiences would rather watch live video from a brand than read a social post. Let's face it, we're in 2021 where people's attention span is limited. They may not read a long post. It's far easier to get their engagement and get their attention with a LinkedIn live video, which, by the way, according to the analytics that I've seen, have seven times more reactions and 24 times more comments on average compared to regular video uploads. And finally, finally, before we take a quick break over here on Get Down to Business, make sure you're tagging another user within your LinkedIn post. They'll get notified of the mention, which will encourage engagement. You don't even need to be directly connected to the people that you tag. You can tag people who are secondary connections as well. It's important, however, to only tag people who are relevant to the post. Otherwise, it could be seen as spam. Be strategic in who you mention. Try not to over-mention the same people all the time. Don't tag too many people in the post either. Post containing a long list of names, seems a bit spammy. So there you have it, a bunch of tips on how you could boost your LinkedIn presence in the remaining days of 2021. I hope you found it helpful. Be sure to get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can not only download the past eight plus years of shows, but I always post a lot of tips, advice, and information. We're going to be back after uh, this quick break with more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return on Get Down to Business. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein, and it is a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this conversation, having uh, Adam Rentschler here on the program. Adam is the co-founder and CEO of Valid, Valid Evaluation, the evidence-based assessment platform for U.S. government innovation programs. But um, perhaps more importantly and more exciting, he's a three-time CEO and has founded two companies. He is a recovering, and I think this is your own uh, self-description over here, a uh, recovering engineer and venture capitalist. So Adam, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. So uh, I want to start by getting to know the person behind the microphone. Um, you have quite a story over there, having started a number of different companies. Um, Adam, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, for for those tuning in in Chicagoland, um, I went to Northwestern for my undergrad and uh, studied material science there. And uh, after college, moved out to the Bay Area and uh, have been in the high tech world ever since. So after three years of working full time uh, for a motion and machine control company, I set off on my own to found a company called BetterVote. And that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. That's fantastic. And um, an entrepreneurial journey is probably the, the very appropriate way to say it um, because its journeys have its uh, twists and turns and so do uh, so does entrepreneurship as well. So, um, so Adam, I mentioned in the, uh, in the intro over here that um, Valid Evaluation is the evidence-based assessment platform for U.S. government innovation programs. Let's talk a little bit about that. And then uh, I really want to dig in some of the lessons learned on that journey, that entrepreneurship journey that you just mentioned. So what is valid evaluation? What do you guys do? 
So we help facilitate group decision making for government agencies where groups of experts come in to decide what sort of uh, technologies, for example, the army ought to be adopting to make sure that our soldiers are the best equipped in the world. And uh, increasingly, that's a race against near peer rivals like China. And so these are very complicated decisions and they have to be made crisply. They have to be made uh, in a way that's consistent with the army program managers needs. And they have to be made uh, increasingly with an eye on satisfying the small business community because the Army and the rest of the U.S. Department of Defense have realized that partnering with entrepreneurs who are doing their, uh, their own small business thing is really the only way that the U.S. can stay ahead. So, uh, so that's what we're up to. It's this notion of very complicated group decision making. We bring an evidentiary basis to that. Uh, aid with uh, lots of efficiencies in that process. And best of all, from my perspective, provide actionable feedback to every single company that interacts with the government so that they can understand exactly where they fell short and how their business can improve to reattack next time. Yeah, and that's critical because um, you know we're in a uh, we're in an environment where uh, where budgets are stretched thin, and it's all about making every dollar count and stretch as far as as far as it can. And frankly, we owe that to uh, to those that are uh, you know in uniform and, and those that are serving. You know, to make sure that that things are working uh, effectively, but we owe it to the taxpayers as well. And so certainly that's uh, that's everything that uh, valid evaluation is getting after. So Adam, going back uh, for a moment to uh, to your journey. Uh, um, you know, the, the work that you do for U.S. government that didn't happen on day one, I'm assuming. Um, how did you how did you get to this point? It, it happened in year eight <laughs> of the journey for this company. So you're 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 exactly right. It took us a long while to get here. And the origin story of valid evaluation is that it was born out of my frustration as an entrepreneur with the lack of feedback uh, that was happening when we as entrepreneurs are trying to get after uh venture capital dollars or angel investment or government grant funding. And often, whoever is making that decision and passing judgment upon us as, as entrepreneurs, they're truly expert, right? And they truly do have the, the best intentions in mind. Uh, but too often, there was little to no feedback that was flowing out to the entrepreneurial community. And I viewed that as a tremendous waste of time because there, as long as we had these people in panel, and as long as these people were coming in to pass judgment on us as entrepreneurs, why the heck didn't we have anything to show for it in terms of learning by the entrepreneurial community, those who are having judgment passed upon them? That's uh, that's absolutely correct. And, um, you know, Adam, one of the uh, one of the terms that's often associated with um, with you and with your organization is innovation, innovation. And I know that that's why the U.S. government has turned to you and your colleagues um, for resources. So I want to dive into that uh, over the next minute or so. And then um, we're going to take a break and provide some real helpful, I think, uh, information um, to entrepreneurs that might be tuning in. But what does innovation mean? And what's that sort of takeaway that you want our small business audience to walk away um, with? Well, our, so innovation means doing something, solving a problem that's never been solved before. I think that's that's one way to talk about it. And it turns out that when you sit in judgment of innovation, it's a really complicated thing. And in fact, prior to valid evaluation coming along and applying the best practices and assessment um, to this discipline, the best we could do was sort of the, the old Justice Potter Stevens approach, which is to say, hey, I have no idea how to define this, but I know it when I see it. 
And I know it when I see it is not a very satisfying thing to tell an entrepreneur when you say, hey, your innovation doesn't cut the mustard. We're not going to be accepting your special thing. We're doing something else. And here's a two, two paragraph, very polite form letter that tells you nothing except that you've been very clearly rejected. Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Adam Rangler, the co-founder and CEO of Valid Evaluation. Um, and uh, Adam, I know your story. Uh, you and I have talked. Um, you've said that you've thrown hundreds of pitches in the trash and have been told no um, far, far, far more times than you've been told yes. Um, but obviously, that's the that's the journey. And now in uh, now several uh, quite a handful of years later, uh, certainly uh, here on the flip side of that and able to give a lot of great advice. And in advice, indeed, that's what we're going to share. We're going to talk about mentorship when we return after this very quick break on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So don't touch that dial more with the co-founder and CEO of Valid, Valid Evaluation when we return. Hey, welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business, and I've been uh, chatting with the one and only, only Adam Ranchler, the co-founder and CEO of Val Evaluation, the evidence-based assessment platform for U.S. government innovation programs, as well as um, just truly a, uh, a recovering engineer, venture capitalist, and entrepreneur. Perhaps that's the best title of all, as an entrepreneur. Um, so, Adam, we've been chatting about your story and chatting about uh, the uh, advice that, uh, that you've been uh that you've learned along the way, um, but I know you've you've been surrounded by people that have uh, that have given a lot of advice and a lot of time to you. So let's uh, let's shift our conversation to that. Um, you you and I were talking offline about mentorship. Um, tell us about the mentorship experiences that you've received and what advice you'd uh, you'd give to future mentors and mentees. I don't think there's anything unique in what I'm about to say. I bet uh, I bet many of your listeners have shared this experience. There's really nothing more powerful in one's entrepreneurial uh, experience than to have uh, people surrounding you that can give you good advice. These are people that uh, that are often more experienced. Uh, perhaps uh, they have a, a longer track record in your particular industry. Uh, but goodness knows, none of us have all the answers, and there's nothing more powerful than the one, one-to-one human, um, human-to-human advice giving and and taking. And if you're a smart entrepreneur, I think you'll you'll number one seek that out as much as you can, and uh, and, and number two, uh, listen carefully and do your best to incorporate those lessons into what it is that you're doing. Adam, what would you say was that aha moment for you in business? That that moment where you realized that that. You, you're you're actually you're throwing things out there that that you might actually be onto something because we know that through every in order to get to that one yes you've got to go through so many other no's so what's that what what's that one maybe tip that nugget that you have um, that might save some of our listeners a couple of years? <laughs> oh man, I think that. Uh... Man, there's there there there's not there's nothing magic here. I think that the probably the most. Let me talk about what I think the most difficult thing is, and this this is uh, maybe a little bit different way to answer your question. But um, as as you mentioned, I, I'm one of these people that's been told no more times than I can count, right? And so I think what's really difficult in in the previous two companies um, that I was CEO of, um, I probably should have listened to the no's sooner and given up the ghost sooner. Um, and with with valid eval, with all the success that we're having now, 
Um, had I listened to the no's, I wouldn't be enjoying the success that we're having. So uh, in, in, in CEO endeavor number three, walls out to be the right thing. And in the previous two companies, man, I wish the first couple walls that I hit so hard, I had learned like, oh, those broken bones hurt. I'm going to stop running at that wall because that, that doesn't feel good. So, you know, it, it's in retrospect, it's easy to see when the no's were a valid signal. Um, but I don't know that you can do it in the moment. I think that, that that's one of the most difficult and frustrating things about being an entrepreneur um, is figuring out when the no's should be ignored and when the no's should be listened to. That's powerful. And uh, Adam, I know you you earned your MBA at the University of Texas at Austin and a bachelor's at Northwestern University. And uh, those lessons that you just shared, that's not taught in school. That's taught in the real world indeed. So Adam, uh, I want to make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you and and Valid Eval can, uh, in our final 30 seconds, can you you share how we can get in touch? Sure. ValidEval.com is probably the easiest way. And ValidEval.com slash insights is where we hope to post uh, this particular podcast, if, if you'd be so kind to, to share that with us. I think our, uh, our community would, would, would love to know about your show. Absolutely. Well, looking forward to, uh, to having future conversations with you, Adam. And thank you for sharing your, uh, your candid advice, stories of success, but also that journey that, uh, that I know uh, you and I are both so passionate about. So uh, believe it or not, that's a wrap here on Get Down to Business. Um, what a great uh, number of conversations that we've had with, with uh, Natasha Trinov, Igor Fedenkoff, and Adam Rentschler. To success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn delivered for the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.